Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of A La Carte with Keithy. I am your host, Keithy Langston, and I hope you are ready for a fun conversation that we're going to have with uh, a good friend of mine, one of uh, one of my very rapidly becoming close, very personal friends, longtime friends. I want to bring in my co-host now. He is, he can be heard on Traders of the Lost Ark on the Place to Be Nation pop feed, as well as Talking WCW and PTV NXT on the Place to Be Wrestling feed. And of course, you can always hear him waxing poetically about that wonderful 90s show, Beverly Hills 90210 on 90210-NOSO, which can be heard on its own. I would like to introduce Tim Capel. How are you, Tim? Keithy, I'm doing well, and uh, you know we're working on the long time part. That's going to take care of itself in due course. I, I completely have trust in that. But yeah, um, we've been chatting it up for a minute now, and I uh, I thank you for having me as your first guest on your first uh, solo podcast. I guess this is yes. a, this is what I think of as a personality show, right? This absolutely is, this is all. This is your deal, and um, I'm just here along for the ride, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, and you are correct. This is a long time coming. I uh, I think I started talking about doing my own podcast back in um, 1997, maybe. I don't know, even before wow, podcasts. Really? <laughs> well, before podcasts were a thing, I think I was uh, thinking of. I remember when I was in college, and I decided to not become a teacher. I had said to my uh, guidance or my counselor, my student advisor, I said. Uh, you know, I'm a history major and I have interest in like media. Is there anything I could do with this degree besides teach? And the guy said, no, because you could be like a <laughs> curator at a museum. No. And I went, oh, OK. <laughs> and I said, wow, geez, imagine if I had the foresight to know that uh, I could be one day making millions of dollars uh, doing history podcasts, telling people about, you know, World War Two and the Civil War and, you, you know, the, the 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 Ying Dynasty. But uh Eh, whatever the case is now we're here we're doing what we are now the first thing i want to let everybody know is that even though it's called a la carte it is not necessarily a food show the reason why i'm calling it <laughs> well. a la carte a la carte with keithy is because if you ever gone to a restaurant where they serve everything a la carte it's you buy this one thing then you buy another thing then you buy another thing and you get the bill and it's the entire balance is due so what i am thinking what my whole concept for this podcast moving forward is that <clears throat> this is going to be just a fun conversation with a friend where we're going to talk about some interesting topics that pop into my crazy head. You know, the things that keep me up at night and uh, it can run the gamut from uh, movies, music, uh, wrestling, uh, sports, which I will not bore you with today, Tim. I know you're not a big sports fan, so well, we would bore the listeners if you did. <laughs> Well, that would be that could be true, but so I mean, or it could, it could run, be very amusing to get. It could my, be uh, very amusing. Incredibly I would ignorant to, takes. I want to hear about your thoughts on uh, the the famous football player Kirby Puckett, and that'll be uh, a joke for that's a joke for anybody that knows that Kirby Puckett played baseball. But that's besides. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, I mean it's going to be just whatever kind of random thought pops into my head. I'm going to jot down in my little notebook, and hopefully, I'll be talking about it with you know who whoever I. Uh, end up having on my show it, it could very well be you again every week tim for all i know so uh we'll, we'll see what happens uh but the first thing i would like to do is kind of go over the first segment and the first segment is uh as i'm going 
as I'm going to call it, is called poorly worded, poorly explained movies. So I have some uh, some kind of uh, poorly explained plots that I'm going to read out to you. And what I want you to do is try and guess if you can, you know, what the movie is. Okay. And there are a couple of uh, television shows in there as well. So I guess that's not poorly explained movies. It could be poorly explained media, maybe. But uh, mm -hmm. here's the first one. The first one is <clears throat> a disgruntled housekeeper uses magic to catfish a prince into falling for her. Um. I'm really bad at these. That's well. This is what's good about it. <laughs> Cinderella. It is Cinderella. Very good. That's right, excellent. So yeah. Easy one. That is an easy one. That was an easy one. How about this? this one? I feel like is a cupcake one for you. Okay. okay. A smart-ass teenager becomes a oh, swinger God. in New York. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> that could be a lot of. Uh... It could. <laughs> I just want to say big, but that's. Ah, that's a good one, but no, it's not big. <laughs> it's, it's not, not big. big. I'll give you one other guess. <laughs> yeah. Big is a good one. Ooh, that's a good one, though. But he was neither a teenager. He he was a he was a preteen, then an adult. So yeah, because he was was he like was he was he twelve in the I, movie? I, I think, think he was twelve, yeah. I just know all I know is he wanted to be big. Yeah. You think uh, you think you think uh, you, teenager. you think he scared the shit out of his mother like you know one day when he turned like 25 and all of a sudden like Tom Hanks walks in <laughs> like imagine I mean, if, imagine if Josh think. Baskins had gone to college like in I don't know say the University of Honolulu and he's gone for 4 years and his mother never sees him and then he comes back and like Tom Hanks comes in you know Well I mean it's it's got to be one of the more problematic um beloved films of our childhood right I mean just with everything that happens, uh, I think I'm setting up another another game, yeah. uh, another gimmick here, which is uh, it could be plot problematic holes. childhood favorites. <laughs> I was gonna say problematic plot holes. <laughs> yeah, really. But um, oh, swinger. Okay, uh, this is a movie, right? It is a movie. Yes. Okay, not a TV show. Um, um, you're gonna be so mad when you find out the answer. Oh my god, a swinger in the big city. <laughs> If you want to tap out, you can tap oh. out. Oh. Um, it's not Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, that was Chicago. Say. But, what what right. was the city? What it's, was the city? Did it's we it's New it? York. The, the answer is Spider-Man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, oh, wow. It's, I know, that was pun. a bad one. That was bad. The I pun know. got me. Okay. Uh, the pun did get you. Okay, uh, yeah. all right. Let's try. Mm, all right, this one's a good one. I'll give you this is a television show, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Airline passengers experience the longest layover in history. Uh, gotta be lost. Right? <laughs> it is lost. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I didn't really watch that actively, um, but I am, you know, aware of it enough as a cultural phenomenon that I was like, that's what it's gotta be. Yeah. All right. Um, two more. I'll do two more. So here's one cancer survivor never loses his sense of humor. Is this a movie? It's a movie. Uh, what was that one with um, Joseph Gordon Levy? Uh, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh funny, 50, 50. funny. Oh fifty. It's not fifty fifty. I was gonna say okay. funny people. It's not fifty fifty. Oh yeah, it could be funny people also. Yeah, it's not funny people. Okay. It's not fifty fifty. All right. Well, um, it could be either of those. I feel like right. It could be. It could be, but it's not either right. one of those. 
Usurpation never loses. Mm. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. They did make a sequel to this. Okay. And uh, he still has cancer in the sequel. <laughs> he still has cancer. Because he's a cancer survivor. Wow. Uh, what is this? Um, shit. I'll give you another hint. It would be a genre of movie that you would be very interested in. Well, I'm already kind of interested now. I'm like, <laughs> what cancer movies do I know? <laughs> uh Trying to think of any uh again if if it's if it's trying to trick trip me up with any uh superheroes that uh, as a byproduct of getting their superpowers they, uh, they uh, um, were afflicted with cancer. You might um, be going down the right road. <laughs> oh man. Um oh man. To my knowledge, there's only one superhero that has cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um shit. He's had a couple of movies blanking. made. I had nothing. He's got another one coming out soon that people are very excited about. Uh, <laughs> read it to me again, the premise. Cancer Survivor never loses his sense of humor. Cancer Survivor. <laughs> and he still has the cancer. Okay, do you tap out? I think I'm going to tap. This it's is going to... It's Deadpool. It's going to make me... Oh, Deadpool. I guess he technically does, right? Okay. All right. All right. So we'll do one more, okay? Because right. I like this one. Yeah. I saw that. I actually laughed out loud when I saw this. Deadpool. Okay. I officially LOL. Okay. <clears throat> Father reunites with long lost son and wants him to take over the family business. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Yes! <laughs> yes! Join me, and together we will rule the galaxy as father and All son. All right, well, excellent. That went better than I thought it would. It was I, great. I don't no, that my, was awesome. So, I don't blame myself for missing the Deadpool one. I um, yeah, it, that that's pretty clever though. I uh, I, I guess I, I don't think of him as a cancer. Survivor. I know. I thought. I know. You don't think of him as a cancer survivor, but he is. Yep. But that's he why. Sure well, that's is. why it's called poorly poorly described history. Um. Now Deadpool. I'm gonna be. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be another one eventually. I'll I'll start running as a poorly explained history, which is oh, gonna wow. be great. Like I may just say, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, explain the entire American Civil War as, uh, you know, people have problems with mm -hmm. uh, ownership abilities. <laughs> you know? Oh my god! You could, or you could like feed prompts to Chat GPT and be and be like. But um, summarize in two sentences, please. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> Just see what it comes up with. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on now. So like I was saying earlier, um, this show is mostly going to be made up of different segments and uh, things like that. And of course, if there's anything that you want to add, Tim, as a, as a segment mm -hmm. or anything that you would want, feel free to just shout it out. Like I said, this just is do really a run in, right? Huh? Yeah, you could do a run-in. Just run do a run-in. Yeah. Oh, okay. only if you break glass, and then I can turn and go, oh my god, he's here! <laughs> Excellent. All right, very but good. But I want 2001 Stone Cold, like, right before he turned on and joined the uh, joined uh, the invasion team, you know? Okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so, that remember that Raw when he came in? That was so good. When, yeah, when he's, he's, done, at, like, when he's at the bar, <laughs> and yeah. Vince goes, and he's like, Vince goes to the bar, and he's like, Steve, I need you. <laughs> yeah that that was um 
Well, it was it was Clark Kent uh, uh, hitting the phone booth, right? Turning in Superman. That's, Absolutely. That's that, that, that that moment right there is one of the more. Um, I know we think of Austin as as an antihero, but that's one of the more like traditionally super heroic things that that he did before oh. he walked it back a week oh, later. Ab- obviously, but absolutely. And I think know. that I mean that was the best part of the invasion angle, at least, was that it it turned Steve Austin back to a face, to mm-hmm. a baby face, Briefly. to a good guy. To those who don't know the uh, the the wrestling lingo, <laughs> it's he was a Ever bad so guy. Briefly. Yeah. Huh? Ever so briefly, it did. Ever so briefly, yeah. For like one pay per view. <laughs> yes. But, um, all righty. So the uh, the next segment we're going to kind of kick into here is this is what I call the day after the day after tomorrow. Now the premise of this movie is the premise of this this little matchup that we have here is um, everybody that watches movies that usually take place in either one day or a couple of days or whatever. And then the movie ends and it, it kind of ends in the present and it's like, okay, what happens next? Like, what do you think of next? So the best example I can give for this is we all know what happens on Saturday, March 24th, 1984, five students at Shermer high school have to go to detention and they spend all day in detention from seven to five. And as they're walking out, the Breakfast Club, they're all friends, okay? You had Brian, Andrew, Allison, Claire, and Bender. And they all walk out, and they're all happy and friends together. Now, my premise is, here's my little thought bubble. What happens on Monday, March 26, 1984, when they go back to school? Mm-hmm. Are they still friends? Mm-hmm. Does Bender walk hand-in-hand hand down, uh, down the hallway with Claire? Is Andy caught in the library or perhaps even the locker room with Allie? What happens? So that's kind of the thought that I want to lead. Now, we're not going to do Breakfast Club. Cause I was going to say, are we going to do it? Because we could do it. We could do this. And then we can also do the other song, the other movie that we had talked about earlier, too. So why don't yeah. we do this? So we got a lot of options, right? There are a lot of options. There are. But here, here's what I want to know. Tim, what do you think happens Monday, March 26th, 1984 at Shermer High School in Shermer, Illinois? Well, you know, I think the reason this is a good pick is is because that film, the way it's set up, it's so self-contained. Like, while we are clearly, um, you know, left with the impression that life goes on for these kids, there would be no point in doing, like, a sequel to this because... I think they all pretty much called it during that session in, in detention where they even, even through the course of, of bonding throughout that day, as, as they did, they pretty much all recognized that, Hey, come Monday morning, things are just going to go back to the way they were. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're mm-hmm. not going to acknowledge it. I'm even going to, you know, I think Bender even says he, he's going to bully Brian and throw him into a locker or something. You know, like he, he's like, everyone's just going to b- go back to the way they were. Um, and that's a, like a very cynical read on that, but, and there is a little bit of pushback, right? I think, um, I think maybe Allison kind of rejects it a little, but for the most part, um, or it could be Claire, she's like, um, trying to be more optimistic and, and thinking that they're, you know, this is a turning point. They're all going to be, if not super close friends, at least have an understanding and, um, be a little bit more civil, if nothing else. But um, 
Yeah, I think the reality is, and the, and the dynamics of high school life are that they they exactly called it like it was, and mm. uh, things did depressingly go back to status quo on that uh, that following Monday. Okay, um, you maybe get. I mean, it seemed like there were maybe some romantic relationships being developed <laughs> for the course of this this day. So I don't know where some of that stands. Like is. I, like I can't see Claire and, and Judd being like a long term thing, right? Like there's no way that um maybe he's the guy off to the side that she, you know, can't get out of her head, but she's gotta keep it a secret, right? It's gotta be this deep this this dark secret that she's keeping from her her quote unquote real friends and certainly her family, right? Um I of of that group, I kinda see probably Andrew and Allison is maybe having the most chance to succeed. Hmm. Um, Only because they seemed like their issues were more that of um, not so much trying to be someone that they weren't, but being like having their, their true selves kind of repressed. Right. Hmm. Okay. And coming and coming out of their respective shells and, and finding each other. Um, I don't think that there's, I don't think they would particularly want to go back to their, their own little corners of the world after, after something like that. And I think they, they would kind of be a little bit more, well, fuck everybody else. That's their problem. Right. Um, if they at least had each other, but again, we're talking high school kids. So is this anything long for the world? Maybe not necessarily, but has more staying power than a Saturday detention. Poor Brian, he got stuck with doing all the work, right? Mm. <laughs> I mean, he had to, at the end of the day, he's the one writing the essay. Um, I mean, and he seems to have, isn't there like a a suggestion of like a suicide attempt in his So, backstory? yeah, like he, well, when he fails, when he gets the F in, in shot, yeah. He's, yep. he, he brought the flare gun in because he was, he was going to kill himself. With a flare, with a flare gun, which wouldn't have worked. But I mean, no. the, the point of it is, it, he's already expressed some kind of um, darkness. Yeah. Well, there's it's it's self harm either way, yeah. right? Like, yeah. It just seems like um, I don't, and I know that's the '80s, and we looked at that topic kind of differently, and perhaps um much more, more flippantly yeah, <laughs> yeah than we do now. Perfect, perfect word flip it i don't know how else to put it um but the reality is um i don't know it doesn't necessarily bode well for for his future just when you look at the character as he's written and sort mm-hmm. of read between the lines there and, and work with what they give us in the backstory it's like mm. ooh, i don't i don't like where this one is heading you sure. know mm-hmm. um take him out of that environment and then drop him into a more contemporary setting. Yeah. He's got a chance, but in 1985, where's this Indiana, right? Like, or Illinois, Sherman, Illinois, yeah, Sherman, Illinois. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I just, well, I mean, you know, one of the things, if he was able to survive high school, yeah. Uh, eventually he's going to end up growing up and probably owning Pixar and uh, yeah. being a billionaire. Um, it's gonna be like an early, like some kind of game developer or something. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of how it went where it was, you know, the jocks ruled the earth and then 
the meek inherited the earth and like all the nerds are like the nerds are all the uh all the leaders of the things now you know everybody yeah. wants to be a nerd but yeah it he's would the one i kind of root for the most like i want him to make it i'm not sure he does but i i want him to sure um i think yeah andrew and and claire kind of uh are trying to to be a couple so to speak in defiance of everything else around them mm. and i think Claire is just kind of a mess with her, you know, wanting to have it both ways, right? Like she's seeing Judd on the side, but really she's she can't she can't escape the pull of her um, social demands, if you will, of her plastic. And Judd probably doesn't even graduate. Like he, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's a dropout. Yeah, that's a it's an interesting take. I actually I've done a lot of thinking on this movie. It's one of my favorite movies and um okay. I mean, I remember watching it when I was a kid and uh probably a lot earlier than I should have been, but understanding a lot of what happened and um yeah, I identified as a Brian through most of my life. Um and uh but I think I think actually in a very positive light because and there and it happens to be because of certain aspects that happen in the movie. So the first point I'm going to take into is um the suicide aspect with Brian. When he mm -hmm. talks about feeling like he had nothing left and that he can't get an F. And the way he explains it, which I mean, all credit to, you know, not only John Hughes but also Anthony Michael, I mean, all the cast, but Anthony Michael Hall for yeah. delivering for delivering the yeah. lines at such a young age this way, where he basically is like, I cannot get an F and my parents cannot. And it's just the way he says it, it just it it really resonates with he's fucked, you know, and he's written. Yeah. And I think they all recognize that. And the kind of anxiety that a kid like that does deal with yes. legitimately. And um, the he, thing, such a great performance. You're right. It is. And it's great too. Cause Judd Nelson, they, I think they cut to Judd Nelson and like one of the other four faces. I mean, they cut to all the faces, but you see Judd Nelson actually looks like he has this look of like sympathy or empathy on his face. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. knowing that Judd Nelson is in shop, I feel like Judd Nelson helps Brian get mm -hmm. in at least pass with the, the elephant like he goes and he says listen let's let's stay after school or why don't you come in one of the other you know eight saturdays i'm gonna be here <laughs> and you, can, you or literally can just does the project for him because yeah. it would take him yeah it, what would take brian six hours is gonna take judd like 45 minutes exactly because i think because bender being a stoner um i think he enjoys seeing like brian get all fucked up on weed so he's probably mm -hmm. like, you know what, man? You come in on Saturday, we'll smoke weed, and I'll build this friggin' elephant lamp for you, and you can just sit yeah. there and go, chicks cannot hold these smoke. That's what it is. <laughs> you can just do that the whole time. And Bender will get a kick out of it. Um, sticking with Bender, I think he, I think he and Claire end up together, and oh, wow. it's kind of a long-term issue. And the reason why is because when she – after he crawls back into the uh, storage closet, which how fucked up is it that the principal <laughs> locks him in the storage closet? Yeah, right. I mean, we don't talk and about that. Right? Nobody talks about that. <laughs> like the amount of abuse, child abuse this, this principal's doing is crazy. Um, <sighs> but when he goes back and then Claire somehow sneaks into there, like just opens the fucking door randomly and walks in and he goes, 
Remember how you said your parents use you to get back at each other? Wouldn't I be outstanding in that capacity? It's like, I feel like she uses, mm. and he's fully on board because, I mean, he's going to get to, you know, essentially bang the hottest chick in school and the most popular girl in school. And he's mm. going to have her as I, I'm candy for the rest of the senior year, you know? And I think that uh, she's going to use him as the opportunity to do something that's going to irritate her parents. It's going to make her look different. It's going to have her stand out even more. And they're going to benefit. It's going to be like mutual, mutually exclusive destruction, but it's going to be mutually beneficial for them as well. So, yeah, it kind of depends on just how much of that destructive or rebellious streak she really has. It's yes. Her parents are, are going through a divorce, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. To your point, does she just want to, you know, blow it all up and hit the, go for the nuclear option? Um, I feel like she does. I could see it. Yeah, I guess I could see it. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's but that's a great thing about that movie is that it gives you so many different things to think about when they're walking out at the end of the day. And, um, you know, I don't it's funny where you think that Andrew and Allie are probably going to be OK because they'll just, you know, the two of them. I just think just they had up. the most. Best they have the most they have the most normalcy, I feel like. Um, uh -huh. even and that's yeah. Because Andrew's kind of the most boring character of the group, right? And he gets with kind of the most interesting to me. Just, I don't know, the most oddball. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just think they'd have a, a good, solid, stabilizing influence on each other. <laughs> I'm thinking about the second movie that we're going to talk about. And we are not going to get this, this deep into the second movie. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be hard. It's probably going to be tough on this. But, um, well, I mean, now, what I would... What I would love if anybody, you know, anybody that's listening to this that wants to put a comment, um, you can obviously, you can always put it on my Twitter account. I would love for that um, to do that. So please let us know if you think what, what do you think happens on the Monday after the Saturday detention in the breakfast club? Uh, the next movie that we're going to kind of discuss in this case is the 2008 thriller M. Night Shyamalan uh, big budget Disaster movie, <laughs> The Happening. <laughs> oh boy! Starring Mark um, Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, John Leguizamo. Um, if anybody out there doesn't remember, uh, you know I can kind of quickly go over it. It um, th the movie begins with people committing mass suicide. Uh, the the government, I believe, they think it's a bioterrorist attack, and it ends up being just uh, something real typical M. Night Shyamalan lame where it ends up just being like the plants are putting on some kind of a toxin that is causing people yeah. to die. It's the plants, and, bro. Huh? It's the plants, bro. It's the plants, bro. You're right. Huh? Trees. Huh? Huh? <laughs> that's my that's my Mark Walt. Huh? <laughs> so <laughs> when we explain this, I'll just read the last paragraph on the oh, uh, plot outline from Wikipedia where it says three months later, Elliot, who's Mark Wahlberg, and Alma, who's Zoe Deschanel, have adjusted to their new life with Jess as their adopted daughter. Uh, Jess, who is, uh, she was Julian's daughter, who was John Linguizamo, and they ended up adopting her because he okay, dies. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. Alma learns that she is pregnant and it surprises Elliot with the news. On television, an expert compares the natural event to a red tide and warns that the epidemic may have only been a harbinger of an impending global disaster. 
And then in Paris's Luxembourg Gardens, people begin committing mass suicide. So my question to you, Tim, is can you so eloquently explain what happens the next, the day after, the day after tomorrow, and the happening? All right. So should should we say how this um, uh, premise came about kind of as a joke? I mean, not the movie. Well, the movie itself could have started as a joke <laughs> this also, premise. I suppose. But yes. how this landed on, on our list is we, mm-hmm. we just got to talking about this segment of your podcast um, and, and ideas for this segment. And I don't know how how the happening happened to uh, pop into that conversation, but it was sort of like, I couldn't really remember the, how that movie ended, but for something that was seemingly as apocalyptic as as it was, and for shit to kind of just go back to normal was, Mm -hmm. was like, there has to be something more there. Right. So I I guess what started as a joke turns into um, it happens again. Uh, the, the sequel to <laughs> happening, and that's what it sounds like we're dealing with, right? And, and it Paris, again. yeah. It uh, we we had maybe it was just a all the the terror that we experienced throughout the course of the the original film was, I guess, just a warning, a a harbinger, as as the plot summary puts it, yeah, of worse things to come. So now. It's it's the plant spores, right? That are not only um, motivating people to um, off themselves in hor- yeah. increasingly horrific ways. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are um, affecting uh, people to to lash out violently and and to you know murder one another. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not just a, a self, you know, because that's the thing. It, it like uh, I, I, I don't like know how they. Exp- I like where this is going. I like where you're going yeah. on this. Yes. I don't remember how they explained the science, but it was kind of like a you lose all self-preservation instinct kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. um, that's the, the mechanism. And maybe this time around it acts on something a little bit more direct. And again, like I said, violent um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. turns people into um, mass murdering psychopaths. And why would this not also impact um animal life as well i guess the the i guess the the plants are just out to get people right because people are the the big assholes who have ruined the earth but i don't know maybe they enlist some animals (laughs) into their cause this is this is what the plants do now keith uh so so you've got um you've got animals at the zoo now uh revolting and turning on their handlers and Mm -hmm. uh now you get a lot of uh which i only i'm only writing into this sequel because i want to see some cool animal attacks sure. um I'm, yeah. I'm a real mark for that kind of thing cocaine bear you know oh. um meth gator bring yep. it all day long <laughs> anaconda like shark nato uh, shark yeah well i i like to keep it a little bit more grounded like ah. i said cocaine bears is about the yeah. threshold i can i can work with um so yeah, I want to see some very cool animal attacks. I want to see some, um, you know, some 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 axe murdering. I, I want to see just just really up that ante, right? Yeah. I mean, and um, I guess we've got to bring back Mark Wahlberg. Um, huh? Huh? What? <laughs> so I guess he could get really dark and have it to where 
um, you know, the, the wife is pregnant and yeah. like, she's worried that she's going to do something to harm her, her unborn child. If she gets exposed to, to the spores, the spores or, you know, vice versa. What if, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like that could go in a lot of really weird, gross places. And, and with the right and, and by right, I mean, completely wrong director. Um, we could, we could have that happen again. It happens again. Um, and that's where I want to see this, this thing end up. I, I mean, it's really tasteless. I mean, if, if you haven't got, if I haven't gotten the point across just a really, really tasteless cash in that's no. violent. Yeah. Devoid of any kind of nuance. I mean, to think that the first film had any nuance in the first place, the, wipe, wipe the slate clean. Totally. But and and that's and that's a great idea to kind of to kind of twist it up a little bit. Um, I, I recently read that they greenlit a dodgeball two, uh-huh. and I said that there's only two possible storylines for the dodgeball two, and I yeah. said either a they've won uh, average Joe's gym has won the dodgeball tournament every year since they won the first one. And now they have to face the international team, which is China, who is owned and uh, owned and managed by White Goodman, who was uh, <clears throat> yeah, was um, Ben Stiller's character. And it's mm-hmm. like he's out for revenge. And I said, and they have to. It's got to be called like the International Dodgeball Association internationally to kind of stick with the theme, or it was like the American Dodgeball Association of America. Um, and the only other. The only other plausible plot line would be if they twisted it a little bit, went down the road, you're kind of thinking, and they have to go to an extraterrestrial planet comes and says, we kidnapped White Goodman 15 years ago, and he's been teaching us dodgeball to get back at you people. And it's like they have to go to an an alien planet to fight. So I like the idea of this being turned up because – you're talking about elements from like 28 days later. You're also talking about elements from like the last of us that are kind of working mm-hmm. its way into it happened again. But I agree that it needs to be twisted in, in, in that kind of more violent bloodthirsty, but also just fucking goofy style. And you're right. You have to get a new director and it's gotta be a director. You know what? Fuck it. Give it to, uh, <laughs> give it to, um, who did Cocaine Bear? Uh, Elizabeth yeah, Banks. Right. Give it to Elizabeth Banks and have her do it. You know, the happening too. It happened again, and have it just it be this again. like <laughs> it happens again. Just this goofy, freaking stupid thing that happens. And there you go. I think that's a great idea. Oh my god! I want people to see that movie and go. <laughs> you know, we were some real snobs, being as critical as we were of of the happening all those years back. Sure. It is really amazing that the film. happening happened, and then, like, we had COVID, which was an airborne disease. Right, kind of like yeah. <laughs> so, uh, is that is M. Night Shyamalan trying to tell us something? Does he actually does he actually know a thing or two about a thing or two? I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Mm, probably not. Um, <laughs> excellent. So, you say you're M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan? I like it. Well, the other way you could go with with dodgeball too is that Average Joe's Gym is now a CTE clinic because <laughs> they've been playing so much dodgeball that I mean, let's face it. And we bring how in... many years ago was the first film? It it does take a toll. It does take a, a toll. Yeah, and they they bring in Chris Nowinski. 
Yeah, exactly. From WWE CTE. Yeah, fame. he's like the new coach. He's like, I'm going to show you how to uh, play dodgeball safely so that you will not further injure your brains. 2004 dodgeball came out. That was oh that's wow, a, that's okay. a long time ago, man. Wow. Yeah, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of dodgeball. Oh, seriously, 20 years ago that movie came out. Good lord. I said the good thing is, is the only person that I think died has died since that movie came out was Rip Torn, and he died in the movie anyway. So they could bring everybody, yet. they could bring everyone back. <laughs> How about it? How about it, huh? Um, yeah, that was a good. T- that was a great cast too, like Stephen Root, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Alan's so God. cool. He's got two dicks. I love that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Sir. But uh, Hank Azaria as young Patches O'Hulahan, you could have him come back. They can watch mm-hmm. another Patches O'Hulahan video. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, everybody, yeah. like, not only still alive, but pretty well preserved. Like, nobody too depressing to look at 20 years on. Sure. I think. They, I think they all are. I mean, I mean, I think Justin Long kind of still looks the same. and Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, everybody pretty much looks the same, you know? So Jason Bateman still looks good. Oh, Jesus, yeah. William Shatner's in that movie, and he's still alive. That's amazing. Ooh. William Shatner. I will say, yeah, I forgot he was. I forgot Shatner was this. You might want to make it quick. I mean, nah, he's going to live but... forever. The Shat, he'll so? live forever. Yeah, I hope he's, so. I he's hope ninety-two. So. I could see him doing like a Betty White and going all the way up to like the day before her hundredth birthday, and he'll the day all before right, his hundredth well. birthday. So. Keep an eye out if on that's uh, true. Yeah, if that's true, then we've got some time. Keep an eye out on March twenty second, night uh, two thousand thirty one. <laughs> that's his birthday. There you go. So yeah, so that's uh, so that was great. So that was the day after the day after tomorrow, and uh, we looked at two different movies, two very different movies, and uh, I feel <laughs> like we got. I, sure. I, I feel like we did a couple of great uh, sequels. We got a couple of good sequels out of there. So I'm excited. Sure. I'm excited for. It happened again. <laughs> it happened again. With an exclamation mark. <laughs> like airplane. It happened again. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now I'm going to challenge you a little bit. And I want to mm. ask you, this is something for you personally. And I will give you mine if you're if you're really interested. But um, yeah, so I'm going to say I am. You're on a plane or a cruise ship or some oh, some. Yeah, it's either going to be a plane or a cruise ship. I mean, I don't. You're not yeah. driving to a desert island. You won't find me on a cruise ship, but plane <laughs> is is a possibility. And something happens tragically, and you end up on a desert island. However, yeah. you were allowed to bring with you either an MP3 player, your um, your iPhone or Android phone is allowed to have music on it, and on that, or you can even bring with you a record player if you want. <laughs> I'll even allow it a vinyl record. Okay. Player. <laughs> All right. I want to know that I want to know your five desert island albums that you cannot do without. See, and this I, I always like this premise because for for anything, right? Because it's not necessarily going to be just your top five favorites of whatever, right? You know, because the idea is you've got to live with this is all you've got for the rest of your life, presumably. Exactly. So you want to sort of have perhaps a little bit of variety in there. I mean, look, you don't have to, but I'm, that's my, that's sort of my approach to this is um, I don't want to have like just all five of the same thing, even Mm -hmm. if 
if we get right down to it in a world full of options, my five favorite things are going to be all pretty similar. You know what I mean? Sure. So now I will allow you to have, I will allow you to either bring a greatest hits. I was going to ask. Okay. Or a soundtrack, you know? Yeah. And the reason why is because I'm a nice guy. I'm not going to be that big of a stickler. I mean, most people will not let you bring greatest hits, but I will. I understand. I'll allow it. So I am going to try to, I'm actually sort of challenging myself here not to do a greatest hits. Okay. Um, That's good. Because that was going to be one of my questions. Sure. And if you'd said no, then I was prepared to just do without. Because I, I really want to, not that it's cheating, cheating, but as a greatest hits, the same thing as an album. It's like, well, no, it's a compilation, right? Exactly. Like but but I will give you like a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like just for example, if you wanted to say mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 1, like I would allow yeah. it because okay. that, that was a good mix of music. And, you know. Sure. So I would allow... I will allow it. I do not have a soundtrack or a greatest hits. So my list is pure as pure can be. Um, I'm going to see what I can do without it. All okay. Right, so all right. We'll see how far we get here. So if you want to do, um, we can go back and forth. We can do the first one for you, the first one for me and so forth. So, forth. okay. All right. I kind of like that idea. Um, first, and by the way, you're going to, you're going to hear this list and just be like, do what? Um, it, it is, <laughs> gonna make no sense it's gonna tell you probably nothing about who i am as a person i just i'm really all over the place with hey man this hey so it goes to this non-disputanum in matters of debate or in matters of taste there can be no debate so thank you right ahead thank you for that that Mm -hmm. um disclaimer (laughs) uh very important going in my number one is gonna be my number one it is um my favorite album of any artist um I, I'm not, look, this is not me saying, oh, it's the best that's ever, like, music never got any better. Than, it's just my personal favorite, okay? Yep. So mm-hmm. leave me alone. It is, um, and it is by my favorite artist. It is uh, Jimmy World's 2010 uh, album titled Invented. Um, it's just a, a very, very personal piece of art to me I, I can't really even get into specifics we'd be here a long time if we tried to um but just everything on that just really really spoke to me in some every song which is about 12 tracks total in some way every every single piece of music on there spoke to me in some way at a certain point in time where i was and it kind of just has that same effect um hearing it again today it's a very kind of transformative and transportational <laughs> kind okay. of uh and, album and, for me. and what album is it again it's called invented it's very deep in okay. their catalog unless you're a huge jimmy world fan i doubt you would have even heard like a lead single from it it just it didn't get a lot of play but mm-hmm. this is just me being very very deep into my fandom for for that band and uh, you know how, like, when you listen to even like something you consider like an A plus album, there's at least one song mm-hmm. you're like, eh, skip. I don't need to hear this, right? There's nothing skippable on that for me. I'm not yeah. saying they're all equally great, but there's nothing skippable. And pound for pound, every song is just so incredibly strong to me that I'm like, I. It, it was mind blowing. It's it's like. Mm, 
to put it in fans, to put it in terms that that some of our listeners will probably find more relatable. It's like watching a great wrestling pay per view that just is all killer. There's mm-hmm. just no, there's just no fat, right? And you're like, man, even the weakest match was still like you know three and a half stars or whatever. Sure. That's that's the kind of that's what that is to me. Okay, so hey, man, that's I'm... easy, easy number one with a bullet for me. Wow. Um, oh, I know, bullet. probably not anything someone would expect, but yeah. I am who I am. So. See, uh, God, I'm so, oh God, I'm so basic then. Like every, <laughs> no, I mean, there's no <laughs> like, thing. But I mean, you're picking one that's it's like not a, deep... a cool, it's not a popularity or a cool contest. This it, is, it's true. I mean, it's just, it happens to, like you said, it happens to be where it's like songs that speak to you kind of thing. And yeah. Um, so for me, and, and I don't have them in an order, uh, but if I looked at them real quick, I think I could quickly order them. Um, I can. So I can give you the first one. And this would be probably my number one. Um, and it really has to do with because of when I was introduced to this album and what it meant to me, um, even still to this day. And that's uh, the Joshua Tree. U2's Joshua Tree. Okay. Um, you know, my sister had the my sister had the album when I was a kid. And I remember listening to it and, and just hearing like the first the first four tracks are just bangers you know where the streets have no name i still haven't found what i'm looking for with or without you and bullet the blue sky i mean but then the rest of the album is fantastic my actually my favorite u2 song is on that album and it's on the bat it's on the b-side it's trip through your wires and it's like that's my favorite u2 song it's got it's like uh it's got like this great harmonica jazzy intro that almost sounds like diesel's music (laughs) Mm, (laughs) you know like so the roseanne theme or the roseanne theme i was gonna say but I mean, it it's in it's in a great mix of songs too because I feel like the B side of that of that album is so good and it's so mm-hmm. underrated because no one ever listens to it because everybody just listens to the first four songs or right. even just the first three. Not a lot of people even listen to Bullet the Blue Sky. But um, Joshua Tree is kind of my it, it, that would be my number one with a bullet. I feel like so. I mean, um, look, I'm I'm not going to say I that's not on my list, but it's it's in the. It's on the short list. I definitely considered that. Yeah, um, but I wouldn't even, I mean, I wouldn't even expect it to be on it. I mean, in all honesty, it would have been on everybody's list in like 1990. But like by this point, well, U2 is so true, like, everybody hates U2 at this point. So I know. Like, what is that? What is with, like, I think they've become such a divisive band they over the years. And mm. I guess a lot of that is people just find... It's Bono. Bono. Very, People find Bono being very obnoxious, edge, but they yeah. find Bono being very obnoxious. I mean, and it's not even that he's all that obnoxious. I mean, he's no more obnoxious than any other uh, singer in a band or lead singer of a band who is gets political from time to time. So, right, right. I mean, if you want to say that, you know, every every band, every singer in a band that becomes political is obnoxious, then you're going to hate. You're gonna hate Sting. You're gonna hate mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. You're gonna hate John Lennon. You're gonna hate everybody. So, you know, yeah. it's like once you get that opportunity to be behind a behind a microphone, you're gonna speak your mind. And it just depends on you're gonna hate Ted Nugent. Like Ted Nugent speaks. His oh mind, God, you know. So it's well, um, so. <laughs> it just depends on it depends on if you like their if you like what they're saying. But Bono is kind of you know he he is a little too preachy. I feel so. But, uh, I maybe so. I just I I still have a lot of time it, at least for classic U two. Look, if it's basic, fine. But give me a better ballad than. Tell me, there's a better ballad than with or without you. I, I don't, right. I'm hard pressed to name. Hard, right? Very hard pressed. Is, yes. Yeah, that scratches the itch for me. 
All right, let's see. What's number two? Mm. I don't think this is – I don't think mine's in any particular order. Um, right, so your number one with the number bullet one. is good. And then we can say yeah, all the rest of these are, are as – Or just whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, I really – you know, a great way to pass the time is but when you're just like, I'm just going to kill some time here and it's not going to feel like an hour has passed. Um, I don't know how you feel about this artist. <laughs> Again, talk about someone very divisive. I am going with uh, Taylor Swift's 1989. Okay. Um, that is, I'm a little bit of a Swifty. Um, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit. That's fine. I, I think she's great. I, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but <laughs> that's another one where if, if you're going to get on your high horse and talk about how, oh, writes about a personal life, oh, this is a bunch of breakup songs, just burying all these guys. Okay. What artist doesn't do that, right? Like, um, but anyway, I, I think that's every, the it's every country song. <laughs> I mean, right? And that's how she started out, and now yeah. she's doing these pop bangers. So, yeah, that's I think my to date. I, I won't say that it's it's always gonna be um, my favorite mm-hmm. Taylor Swift album, but i think it can be topped because she's so prolific in her output and still so young yeah um but as it stands right now i think that's the one that um it was the one that really really got me it made me take notice and say oh like she doesn't have just a few good songs that i like like she can put together a solid ass Mm -hmm. album worth and she had been like repeatedly i had just been ignorant to it up to that point and that's what kind of encouraged me to to check out her back catalog up to that point, and from then on, pretty much consume everything she ever did. But um, yeah, I really love 1989. I just I, it, it's like um, as as the title would perhaps imply, it's sort of a soft concept album. Um, ilk and that they they evoke that kind of late 80s quality um Mm. it's been covered by a lot of male artists oddly not um well the album in its entirety was was covered by um uh uh, uh, why am i blanking um 1989 oh god uh who was uh shit shit mandy moore's um oh um I should say. Um, Uh, Anyway, point being, um, there's been this weird cottage industry of uh, like indie male artists um, covering her songs, or in that case, entire albums. That's sort of interesting to me. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't think it gets any better than the uh, than the original. So give me 1989 by. T Swift. All right. That's a hey, there you go. That's a good one. I mean, I'm not gonna like I, I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna. I mean, there's a lot of hits off of that album, too. I mean, that's gonna be oh, one sure. that's yeah. gonna be one that's gonna get you up and you know, it's gonna get you up in the morning and you know, make you wanna go and uh Ryan Adams, out. excuse me. Ryan Adams was the oh Ryan Ad- oh yeah, Ryan Adams, yes, Ryan Adams. Mm-hmm. Um no, it's gonna make you want to get up and go to uh you know, try and uh 
try and like chop down trees to make well uh, yeah and this is this is the thing in the context i'm not sure that all of my picks okay necessarily work in the context of a literal desert island no but that's not the point right no that's not the point it's just if you were only stuck with five albums you're just stuck with them Yeah. yeah i mean so for me i would say um that my you know one of my favorite bands is the beatles and um and that's going all the way back to my elementary school music teacher introduced us to the beatles probably when we were in first grade and with uh you know some of the real you know kitty songs that they had but um my favorite album of theirs is one that i would keep with me and that's revolver and now that okay. has you know and that has um Eleanor rigby tax man uh, she said, she said, which I think is one of the best Beatles songs out there. Uh, it is not my favorite Beatles song. My favorite Beatles song uh, is While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and that's on the White Album. But I wouldn't, but the rest of the White Album, I can keep the White Album at home. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I think one of my one of my favorite sing along songs, really, for the, and, and when, <laughs> if you ever see me driving and I have it on, I'm singing this like, whole like wholeheartedly full-throated it has got to get you into my life which has been covered several times so uh yeah revolver is uh great great album it's it's a fun it's it's really fun to just like listen to and you know i have the vinyl of it that i i every now and then i pull out and i play because it's just it's so good i actually have a second copy that i have framed on my wall uh, cause it's just one of my favorite, it's my favorite Beatle album. So I would go with revolver and, um, what's let's so are all you know. of your picks going to be, uh, let's say, are, are we getting, are we breaking out the, uh, the old record player and vinyl on the, on the, uh, desert Island on the beach? Is this, is no, that I just, consistent I, said that, for all of yours? I just said that because it's been, it's a new hobby of mine is trying to go back and get okay. vinyl. I mean, in all honesty, these are all on my Spotify playlist. <laughs> it's just it's so like, you're just as fine. It's it's not like a it, you're not like a um, it has to be vinyl no, or nothing no, else. You're no, not absolutely uh, not. I mean, if you if you have them on, that's why I said you could be stuck on a desert. Like I, I would love to say you have a Zune just to kind yeah. of throw that Guardian oh, thing here, but oh god, <laughs> I don't know if anybody even. I mean, I actually I did. remember Zune. Yeah, I had I a Zune. I had a Zune mm-hmm. because I remember. I remember it, like being at Best Buy and the salesman saying, you know, you can only get X amount of songs on an iPod, but you can get like five times as many on a Zune. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. And then the guy was like, and he goes, and you can put songs that you illegally downloaded on your Zune. <laughs> I was like, I was like, really? Well, I have an entire hard drive filled with songs that have been illegally downloaded from <laughs> Napster and Sherazar and Kazar and so right. give me that so I had a Zune yeah and then it was great because I was going away on a trip and I had downloaded like my entire catalog into my Zune and I forgot to plug in the Zune and the freaking Zune died <laughs> so and I couldn't recharge it before like they got yeah. on the plane so I couldn't even listen to the stupid thing Sucks. <sighs> I'd love to know what that thing is. <laughs> I don't I know, know where right? I put it. I, I never actually had a Zune. I I heard about them. Um, I was very familiar with the product, um, yeah. especially yeah. when I first started listening to podcasts, where some of these shows would literally tell you, "Well, you know, if you've got a a, a iPhone or a, a Zune, it makes it a lot easier to 
subscribe and listen to our podcast and load them up for your road trips. Yeah. Have them ready on the go. And that is just such a foreign concept now where you just stream everything, right? Like, oh, absolutely. Imagine streaming something to your Zoom. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, you stream, but, um, you stream stuff to your phone all the time, so. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Bring it back. Sure. All right, so I'm back, right? You are back. Uh, all right, this is one that this is one you will appreciate. <laughs> okay. Uh, because I've been listening to this band more and more recently. Not that I ever disliked them, um, but I think after the sad, and we've talked about this, the, the tragic passing of the songbird, Christine McVie. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I got to get some some Mac in here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not even going to fuck around and pretend like it's it's not going to be their, you know, classic lineup. And this is uh, admittedly my most basic pick, but you got to go rumors, right? <laughs> um, short of, okay, this is the one where I really waffle on, do I just do a, a greatest hits? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but I, with this band, I, I want to hear, I want to hear that album. I want to mm-hmm. have, I want to, I want that story told. I want to weave in and out of the ins and outs of, mm-hmm. of, of all the drama and all the little things that are taking place in the lyrics between those songs. And just, mm-hmm. I want it all. And that's what, that's what this is going to give me. So, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I, I struggle again with, do I want something that just has pound for pound their their like best songs, or do I want a few of my favorite songs and some really deep cuts? And I don't know. I just I don't think you can do much much better from their catalog, excluding you know greatest hits. And I, and I know that um, you you said speaking of vinyl, you recently made this purchase on vinyl, I believe. I yes, and and it's it's amazing that you bring up because my next pick would have been rumors. Is it really? Okay. Yeah, no lie, it's rumors. And I'll tell you right now, when you look at their greatest hits, uh, most of it's from rumors. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I and that was that was a big thing. So rumors has recently been reissued and repressed on vinyl um, for the world to buy, like at Target, Walmart, wherever you wherever you pick it up, and. I mean, the reason being is because it's it's considered one of the greatest albums of all time. I mean, it, it really is. And yeah, I had been struggling and searching for an original pressing from 1977 just because I want it. I just want one that's old. I just want one that's vintage. And um, I just by happenstance happened to pick one up the other day. And I went home and I looked it up and I went, holy shit, this is from 1977. So I'm like so excited now that I have my original. Yeah, Yeah. I have my original one from, I have my original pressing. I also have a reissue from like 1983. That was the one I got previously. And then I bought the one the first time from Target because I was like, I just really want to listen to it. So I have, and the one on Target is great because I think it comes, it's like gold. It's like a gold record, which is kind of cool. But then obviously I have the other two, but yeah, no, I mean. Uh, you know, for some of the some of the Fleetwood Mac songs that I really like are on this album, like Secondhand News and yeah. Never Going Back Again. I mean, of course, you have Don't Stop, Go Your Own Way, Dreams, 
mm-hmm. the chain, you make love and fun. I mean, every gold dust woman, every fucking Goldust, song is, yep. is amazing. And like you said, the songbird, Christy McPhee songbird ends the first side. And that's like, it's such a beautiful song. And you know, it kind of hits you right in the feels, you know, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. And yeah, so I'm right with you. I mean, it's like, you could we should be able to talk for hours about rumors but it's like we wouldn't be saying anything new that everyone else has said before so exactly i will say that so yes um so uh all right so we both have rumors on there um i'll give you one of mine and that's um it's going to be boston's first album like their self-titled album which is i think holds the record for i think it has the i think it's actually like one of the best selling albums of all time as well their first mm. album and yeah, sounds right yeah and that's the one um that's the one that has don't um uh, you know more than a feeling peace of mind mm. long that's time okay. yeah rock and roll band smoking hitch a ride i mean again when you look at like their greatest hits most of the songs are from the friggin first album so um, I love that album. Uh, I love that band. Uh, that was another tragedy when we lost um, Brad Delp uh, a few years ago. And I actually, uh, it was actually, re- believe it or not, it's, it was recorded in Watertown, which is where I live. And, Watertown. Uh, yeah, one of the, yeah, the guy, Tom Schultz, who was in the band, he produced it in his, like, in his basement in Watertown. <laughs> so oh, yeah it's kind of cool it's like i gotta find the house so i could just go there you gotta find it now yeah, and like, leave, like like lay a wreath <laughs> but uh, lay a wreath. <laughs> for brad delp but well no um, but i mean but you know brad delp actually he so he used to perform in this beatles cover band called beetlejuice and they would perform oh all God. around they perform all around boston and we used to go see them all the time and i remember when you'd go up he was the nicest guy like the nicest guy in the world and you'd go up to him and you would just sit there and shoot the shit about him he was a huge beatles fan i think actually in his i think in his year i think his yearbook quote was um did anybody get the new beatles album like that was his yearbook <laughs> quote and uh so i mean the guy was he was awesome so uh and you know r.i.p but um yeah so that i'll say boston self-titled album that's my on my list um i always have mixed feelings about bands whose name is just a city <laughs> boston chicago yeah well yeah. Uh, or just like a place right uh um but no i, I like on denver i'm not gonna pretend like i know any boston songs other than peace of mind and more than a feeling yeah um which i really like both of that's okay um, you're, you're allowed to not but, like the same thing I like. I, I, I can't even say I dislike them. I just haven't been exposed enough to. We're not married, Tim. Not, well, not yet. Um, <laughs> well, we're getting there. Give us a few podcasts, right? Um, no, okay. So, what am I up to? Four now? Yeah. So what's my fourth going to be? Um, <laughs> this is going to be. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to save. Uh, I'm going to save this one for last, actually. Okay. So, all right. right. I'm going to switch okay. it up a little bit. We will go with uh, throwing it back to the 80s now. Um, let me make sure I've actually got the album. Because this is something that appears on so many different like compilations and greatest hits and stuff like that. Because it's 
Um, really just for honestly a handful of songs. Um, but uh Steve Winwood. Oh. Um going I'm gonna go with Back in the High Life. Oh yeah. Um primarily for I mean the song itself, Back in the High Life. Again, mm-hmm. you've also got though one of my like childhood favorites, um, Higher Love. Oh, which my my memory, like my core memory of that is uh, waking up as a little kid in the tiny apartment that my mom and I lived in and uh, Huguenot Village. Not that that means anything to anyone, but she would clean house on Saturday mornings and just be blasting 80 mm-hmm. songs because this was the 80s. And that was one of them that I would just wake up to like at least once a week, I feel like. Um, so you've got, oh man, so you've got Back in the High Life again, you got Higher Love. This does have more than I thought it did, actually. Uh, Finer Things, mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest is kind of like, I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for Steve Winwood. I love the blue-eyed soul thing of it all. Mm-hmm. Um that's another one where, like I said, I could go, what if I just did his greatest hits, right? Um, it's hard to fuck with that. Right. So I guess I could say in lieu of doing a Steve Winwood greatest hits, I'll, I'll pick back in the, back in the high life. Okay. All right. 1986, man. Yeah. I actually, uh, so one day I went out, I was, when I was younger and I was, like a teenager or whatever i was living obviously i was living at my parents house and i left my i left to go like out somewhere and as i come to the end of my driveway i see a tape a cassette tape and it was it was that album it was no shit <laughs> and i was and i picked it up and i was like oh this is still playable and i brought it home and i played it and i was like wow back in the high life who the fuck is this guy and then, oh wow that was your introduction out. huh that was my introduction to Steve Windwood. And then I went down the, obviously the road of um, Spencer Davis group. And um, mm-hmm. who, who else was he in? Um, shit. The other band that he was in <laughs> with. Uh, um, fuck. Um, oh, God. Oh, boy. It's uh, traffic. Yeah. Blind I, faith, traffic and blind I kept, faith. I kept yeah. wanting to say, I kept <laughs> wanting to say something else like, um, rush hour <laughs> right like that. yeah that's traffic yeah so traffic yeah. and then and you know what's cool is that it's i like went rush to hour is not a thing <laughs> rush hour is not a band but it should be yeah. uh um rush hour is the band that rush becomes now that uh neil pert's dead so that's oh like what's the what's the uh what's the grateful dead now they're called like the the dead tribute or something like that the like they're not tri- called, yeah they're not called the grateful dead anymore <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, no. When I when I ent- actually when I went to see uh, Tom Petty at the at the Garden, the Fleet Center, Ooh, um, uh-huh. he had he had with him he had Steve Winwood. I think he was like the not the opening but the opening act, and uh, yeah. yeah, the supporting act. Yes, and I actually like he called him out and they played um, they played that song from from Traffic, uh, no, from Blind Faith. The uh, can't find my way home and i was like mm. that's a and i was like oh my god and, and it, as, as i was coming up we were we were listening to steve winwood as we were coming up the stairs to go into the to sit down 
and I was and he was playing like and I was like oh, let's oh go quick. And, man. Then, and then he came and then when he came out and they started singing some blind faith shit I was like oh my god I'm like give me that guy again so yeah that was good Steve Winwood I like Steve Winwood that's a great that's a great addition to your uh to your lineup so I'm gonna give you the last pick so you know what I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm sorry to interrupt um, no that's okay I will say one more thing on the whole compilation soundtrack greatest hits thing you know one thing i am going to require that that i that i will demand of my um (laughs) my my desert island picks i want the most deluxe version of all of these albums absolutely if there's like a fucking japanese import yep and i'm sorry if i if i can't cuss on this show i keep saying the f word but no this um, is we work blue here we're we're very blue on this podcast right like red fox yeah fuck it (laughs) <laughs> thank you elizabeth fucking i'm coming elizabeth so <laughs> if there's a if there's a japanese import yeah that has like a shitload if it's like a you know a double album or something and it has like all of a sudden a whole bunch of tracks that that weren't on the uh the american version we'd be more accustomed to give me that absolutely give me that of course I don't think that's cheating at all no not at all no i never i the only par- i actually didn't even give you parameters I no, said you could take no. greatest hits and, and soundtrack. So yeah, but you this is ab- my this is sort of my way of my workaround. I get it. I always but, have to find a right. Also, have, have to find a way to cheat somehow. Right? That's fine. But hey, no, when if you this, when if you can lose if you must, but always cheat. Thank that. you. Uh, no, okay. I, I I so I'll give you my last, my fifth, and because I because it sounds to me like your last album is a goodie. So I want to give you the maybe. Uh, I don't know if it's a goodie. It's just kind of a goofy one. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm going to go with another Boston-based band. Um, okay. It is not Aerosmith, however. Um, oh. And that is The Cars. And uh, I had a feeling you'd have some Cars in your yeah, I like and it's, it. Oh, yeah. And it's their, it's their debut. They're self-titled. Um, and that has... It, it has literally all of the songs. Like, all of their hits is on that friggin' album. I mean, Good Times Roll, My Best Friend's Girl, Just What I Needed. Mm. Uh, you're all I've got tonight. Bye bye, love. Moving in stereo. I mean, God, that's all on there. It's all on there. It is amazing. Um, wow. And apparently, in 1999, they they did a remastered where they it had like a bonus disc, <laughs> and the bonus disc has a whole bunch Drive. of like live shit and demos <laughs> and stuff. So yeah, right up your alley with wanting like the most complete version of the song of the album. Exactly. So, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's that's key key cars it's so good um i i listen to that all the time that album on on spotify constantly so uh that's like one of the ones like you know how you were saying your mom used to put on steve winwood and clean the house if i'm cleaning mm-hmm. the house or doing dishes or even cooking or something i have on the cars most of the time so that's great my favorite channel on spotify is the cars channel <laughs> which is just it's a mix of like all 80s and like 70s and 80s bands like so yeah. it's just but then every like third song is a car song. So I was gonna say, isn't that um the car's first album? Would that be from the seventies, technically? Uh technically it is. It's nineteen seventy-eight, yeah. I thought so. Okay. Yeah. So that's unreal. Yeah. Because there's such like an in my head, there's such an eighties band, and right. all of those songs that you named are like eighty songs to me, but obviously they're not. Um <laughs> uh, right, but you're right, but then I mean, like, like you, well, which just goes to show you the longevity. Because I know when, 
when a lot of people complain about when they make an 80s movie or a 90s movie and they just add so much shit that's not relevant you know like they they film a movie and it's supposed to be taking place in 1986 and they're playing music from 1982 and you're like nobody listens to music from four years ago and it's like, right, right, right. but the cars, yeah, exactly. but mm-hmm. the cars is from four years ago, and you'll it's, be like, it's yeah. Almost, yeah, it's almost like that does bug me when someone is listening to something that, yes, it is a '90s song, but it's like a 1993 song that they're listening to in 1997. Like, yeah. to most people, I think that would be nitpicking, but if you really remember, it's like nobody would have still been listening to that by. 1997 like no way like think of how we listen to music today like right. nothing you know yes it, it can be a, a really good song a really memorable song but it's not like it's still necessarily getting airplay or, or being actively listened to by people it's like stuff has to go away and then come back you know well, what I mean? and that's right and there's usually there's usually i kind of say it's like a 10-year gap where it's like yeah something, like, something yeah. will be hot in like 2003 and then it's hot again in 2013 because mm, like people go, like, "Hey, remember?" Yeah, yeah. Um, at like one of my one of the <laughs> one of my bugaboos in the movie The Wedding Singer, which I think is probably one of Sandler's best movies, um, is it takes place in 1985, and there's that scene mm-hmm. where uh, Christine Taylor's playing with the Rubik's cube. And I'm like the fucking Rubik's cube, like that was so not a thing in 1985. Like it had already, yeah, like would, it had yeah. already, it was already in like trash bins. <laughs> but right, whatever, <laughs> so, whatever. All right, so now I want to hear this my last one, epic <laughs> four, fifth and final album from you. All right, I've built it up too much to be quite honest, because <laughs> all it is is this is this is me paying tribute to place to be nation because there is one song in particular that is really um captured all of our hearts and and lives in our hearts and and our heads yep. rent free and the song so i have to pick the album that the song is on of course the song in question is neon moon it is by brooks and dunn <laughs> it is from their 1992 album brand new man I can't tell you that I'm a huge Brooks and Dunn fan. I can't tell you I'm a huge country fan. I absolutely love that song. Um, I do kind of have a um, preference for that, what do they call it, neo-classic, neo-traditional country sound Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I think this duo is really good at. Um, But I'm not going to pretend like I have a huge attachment to this album as a whole, but you do have... You get, in addition to Neon Moon, you get the uh, the self-titled Brand New Man, uh, My Next Broken Heart, uh, Boot Scootin' Boogie. So I'm not sure that these these songs would have had a lot of penetration um, in your neck of the woods. But okay. um, down here, uh, and here, meaning Central Virginia, yeah, and certainly in further points south, um, you know, you've got your, your choice of probably at least two country music mm-hmm. uh, radio stations in the in the '90s, and this shit would have been all over those those stations. And so, for that reason, for the sake of variety, um, this also goes to my point that maybe a song like "Neon Moon," kind of a, a very um, I don't know how to describe it. it it's sort of a, um, uh, get, like a, a 
feeling very sorry for yourself kind of song um, with wonderful lyrics. Uh, I don't know that it plays that well when you're on a desert island trying yeah. every day, every minute of every hour of every day to find a reason to go on. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure you'll find that in this song, but if I'm not, again, on a literal desert island, um, give me this on repeat and I'll listen to the whole damn album and fall in love with it. And that'll be in my, my five album rotation for the rest of my life. All right. Well, that is so Brooks and Dunn, huh? All right. <laughs> yes. That's Randy. all right. Hey, listen, you got a good uh, eclectic group of songs that you're listening to, and I can appreciate that. And like I said, this is just a all very white. All yeah, very white. but it's a great Basically. experiment for people to think about because you know it's kind of like if you were stuck watching one television show for the rest of your life, what is it going to be? Um, mm. I'd have to take Monday Night Raw. I because at least Ooh. I know it's going to change. God. <laughs> oh, that stabbed me in my heart. Um, well, I mean, well, all right. Um, in reality, I would probably say, I'd probably say The Simpsons. I know that stabs yeah. you in the heart too. Right? No, I get it. I just, it's, it's not like it's, it's a, that's like a personal preference kind of thing. Um, I, I mean, it's not even the my Monday f- Night Raw is, is me being a snob and thinking yeah. Keith, you're just better than that. Well, I mean, um, but the well, the, well, the only reason I say this because at least it's something that's going to change from time to time. You know? No, it's not. It never changes. <laughs> at least the people will change. <laughs> I'll be looking at yeah, different but... faces from time to time. I don't know. Are they really? I mean, but it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite shows. I mean, my favorite. It will shows... never end. I'll grant you that. It, will it never might never end. end. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah. I mean, my favorite show of all time. The is... Simpsons might never end. Honestly, so I could see that. Yeah, um, and that I'll I took that one too. That I took mostly because it just has so many episodes i mean that like yeah you, you would be no able to enjoy it for a while before you go cra- i mean i i mean my favorite my favorite sitcom is is seinfeld but that's it's probably really it's parks and recreation and okay there's only so many episodes of parks and recreation and i can't just you know i can't burn yeah. myself out so at least if i have the simpsons i know it's going to take me a good two years before i watch every episode easily yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that makes sense Alrighty, well that was uh, Desert Island Albums, and we're going to move on now to, it's uh, kind of a dual final segment, and this is, uh, again, this is just a kind of my Q&A, and if, mm. any, if anybody listens in, and I'm doing interviews with, uh, if I happen to get a uh, professional wrestler from the my favorite uh, local wrestling federation, Chaotic Wrestling, I will be asking them these questions at the end of the show. And what I like to do, what I want to do, though, is I want to give my co-hosts an opportunity to answer these questions because it's a fun opportunity for you to to hear, for us to pull back another layer of the onion. So most people have seen Inside the Actor's Studio with James Lipton and R.I.P. I want to continue on with his tradition and asking his final questionnaire by the great Bernard Pivot on his show Apostrophes. (laughs) So, Tim. Yep. What is your favorite word? <laughs> um, I think just for uh, just for the sake of, of a Matt Souza shout out, I'm going to say my my favorite word is Byzantine. Excellent. To describe something as as very Byzantine is is something that will um, 
confound and, and confuse Matt Souza, my, my dear friend, for ages. He never lets me live it down. I said that word casually in a podcast one time, and I guess I used it a little too casually um, because he was like, do what? I was like, well, you know, it's just, it's kind of, it's it's convoluted. You know, it's a little bit confusing. It's, it's a little bit um, um, circuitous when it doesn't need to be. Um, he's like, then why didn't you just say that? But he didn't say that actually. But I knew he was thinking it. All right. What's your favorite word? Um, I'm gonna interview you now. <laughs> no, don't interview me. <laughs> my favorite word is the same as my favorite curse word, so <laughs> it's the same word. What is your Tim? What is your least favorite word? Fart. It's such a piggy word. Um, no, I. What is my least favorite word? Um, Did you steal that from me? Because that's what yeah. my mother always says. I know. I know. You're an asshole. <laughs> I never forget. I never yeah. forget these things. Yes, that are my mother did say that. Confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Such a piggy word. Such a piggy word. <laughs> the way she describes it is what cracks. The best thing is the next question. I know the answer to the next two questions. <laughs> my, my least favorite word is veggies. Mm. Um. Like eat your veggies, eat your veggies. I okay. think it's like okay if we're if we're talking to a child, fine, eat your veggies. But it sounds weird for for adults to be like, "Can I get a veggie plate?" You know, like it just <laughs> I don't know something about it just sounds very. It is, and again, this is being being an absolute snob, but it, it it's just sort of like an infantile word that. If, if you're not using it in the context of speaking to a literal child, it feels like it doesn't have a place <laughs> in the language. It's, it's like my friend Jack that I grew up with pointed out once that watching an adult drink through a straw is just so bizarre looking. <laughs> okay. And it's just like, it's very similar to that. Like, that's a kid's word. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't see, you shouldn't be seeing um, a grown adult saying, Yes, I'll have the side of veggies with that. Please. I'll have the veggie plate, please. Yeah. Um, you could say, what's the vegetable of the day? Sure. And then if they say, oh, it's broccoli, you go, I'll have that. Can I just get some veggies? Yeah, no. Um, right. With my chicken tendies. Uh, but um, <laughs> now that I've admitted this, uh, anyone listening will not allow me to live it down. So I'll be hearing it for the next. That's all right. Rest of my life. Well, I will defend life. you to the death. So. Okay. Um, and now, like I said, I know the answer to these next two questions, but I want to hear you say it. So, okay, Tim, what turns you on? <laughs> Acts of service. Acts of service. <laughs> Acts of service, as you know. Um, no, it's uh, if you want to know more about that, then just look up the seven. No, I think there's just five. Love languages. Mm -hmm. um, I took the test and learned that my <laughs> love language was acts of service. And I thought it could not have been put. Into <laughs> you words went, better. yes. <laughs> I, I was like, this thing yes. read me like a book cover mm -hmm. to cover. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, something to it with those love languages. <laughs> Tim, what turns you off? <laughs> Not getting acts of service. Not getting any acts of service. <laughs> um, what really turns me off? Um, 
God, there's there's so many things. <laughs> Most of the things turn me off. All right, that's an answer. Um, yeah. I will accept that answer. <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I I would say all right. My single biggest turnoff is probably going to be um someone who is completely lacking and critical thinking ability. Okay. Uh, you don't have to be the smartest yep. person in the world, right? Like yep. intellectually, I don't care what somebody's IQ is or whatever, but if you just look at something and cannot process it beyond just a, a surface level, mm-hmm. um, that's just such a non-starter for me. And I'm not even talking in the sense of, of necessarily romance or, sexual attraction or or french it's just on all social dimensions right just that is such a i'm out kind of thing because right. <laughs> how do you even have a conversation with with somebody like that i mean okay. it's it, it, you can't get anywhere really yeah i mean i guess there is the, the flip side of that is is overthinking and thinking too much which um yeah there's a lot of downsides to that too but I don't know, not thinking at all and certainly not thinking critically is is a big, big deal breaker for me. Okay. Tim, what sound or noise do you love? Say that again? What sound or noise do you love? Oh. Um. <laughs> uh. An episode of uh, The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. All, all of the sounds in that. Excellent. All of that, yeah. In any given 22-minute episode of that program. And what sound or noise do you hate? Mm. When um, our mutual friend James Grunberg breaks into song... At 3 a.m. <laughs> on a uh, group social call. It doesn't matter what the song is. I I can't do it. I I, I can't deal with the mm. the random mm-hmm. the the uh, unsolicited karaoke parties that that happens sometimes <laughs> with these things. I know we're getting a little inside baseball. No, nope, that's okay because you always means- okay. Let yeah. me try to translate. You always have that one person in your life, right? Who will randomly break into song. Yeah. Maybe you don't. Maybe that's not something. No, you do. I so I think I'm the one that usually like, breaks man, into song. I think I randomly yeah. break into song, but you know. Yeah. Let's just I also kind of hate um, oh. nerdy white guys. This is sort of on a related um, track, I guess. Like, nerdy white guys doing um like imitating a, a jangly guitar kind of thing it's like oh it sounds like and you're just like god shut up <laughs> all right that's a good one i like that that's a... i don't know why it's just no really that's a very me. that's a specific sound though okay. like listen if i wanted to hear if i wanted to hear the song i'd listen to the fucking song i don't need a you know a rendition of it right now from you loser and I would imagine that when you hear the song, sound, or noise that you hate, you usually follow up with, 
What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm fond of a good motherfucker. I, Ooh. Okay. I throw that one around probably sure. with reckless abandon. Okay. Yeah. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I apologize. I'll explain everything. <laughs> Excellent. Now, those were the questions by Bernard Pivot. Um, I also have a questionnaire uh, by the amazing writer Hugh Jassol um, mm. on his show, The Sphinx Door. Uh, the Sphinx Door. Like yeah. I would like to read you these now. Tim, now this is Hugh Jassol, just so you know. Um, Tim, okay. what is your favorite way to insult a person? Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I, I actually relish insulting a person. Uh, I don't know. Usually trying to use their, probably using, um, Trying to think of a way to put it, like beating them at their own game, like mm -hmm. you know, okay. trying to like hitting them with their own. Like if if somebody has their own logic um, or, or way of looking at something that you disagree with, if you can kind of turn them around and, and hit them with a dose of their own medicine, it's the best way to really, okay. to really lay somebody low. Beat them at their own game, like I said. Just yeah. Um. What weapon do you bring with you into a fight? Um, I love a good sword. All right. Oh, sword, nice. Man. Okay. A cursed sword that will, <laughs> um, upon tasting the blood of my enemies, will absorb their soul and curse it for eternity. <laughs> like a uh, katana? Is it katana? <laughs> yeah, or like, uh, like Black Knight. You know, yeah, okay. The ebony blade. That's a, that's a cool sword right there. Yes, like um, a lightsaber too. I mean, pretty sword adjacent, but sure, just chop some heads off yeah, with a laser it'll fuck, sword. It'll fuck people up, you know. Yeah. Um, green what, lightsaber, preferably. Oh, you want a green one? Okay. Mm -hmm. oh. Which is funny because the green lightsaber is the Jedi represents the Jedi who is more the teacher mm -hmm. and yeah. not necessarily the soldier, but that's okay. Right. Well, guess what? You didn't see Luke fuck up Darth Vader with a blue lightsaber. You did didn't. You? No. In fact, he went after him with a lightsaber and his freaking hand went off. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, Tim, what family member could you do without? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just one? <laughs> That's a great answer. Just one. <laughs> I think I'm gonna leave it there. Okay, we'll leave it there. Get choose just one. Um, I, I I think I know the answer to this question, <laughs> Tim. What was your worst vacation? <laughs> oh man! And can you yeah. tell? And can you tell that story in like story very quickly? In like three <laughs> second. Yeah. All right. So nine years old. I'm vacationing with uh, some family members who. Um, 
I would probably most want to remove from the family tree. No. Um, it, it's just a, it's my, my aunt, my uncle, and my cousin, two cousins actually, their brothers. I'm about nine years old. It's Memorial, I want to say it's Memorial Day weekend. It's like a long weekend, three day. There's like a Monday holiday sort of deal. We go to Virginia Beach, which is, I'd say it's a good 90 minute drive uh, from where we were at the time. So not super long distance, but a little bit of driving. We had no reservations or anything. So when we get there, of course, every single hotel you hit is like no vacancy, no vacancy. We're like, damn, we didn't plan for this very well. Well, we roll up to this little seaside motel. It's called, I'll never forget the name. Pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore. Called Murphy's Emerald Isle. And uh, it was, uh, as the name would apply, had a emerald green decor. Um, it's You can tell it's seen better days. Place is pretty beaten up. But it's like, for a holiday weekend, it'll do. You know, you've, you've dealt with worse. And it was pretty much right on the beach, so that helped. Uh, we get checked in, open the door, and immediately um, upon entry to our room, it is, you're hit with like the most noxious smell, just a, a foul odor of like uh, ammonia. It's like, foul is this noxious odor? Yeah, it's like, is this piss? Is this. Is this animal piss? Is this human piss? It sure mm-hmm. smells like piss. Um, mm. There's like little little stains on the sheets that that my uh, my aunt Betsy referred to as pecker tracks. Oh, pecker tracks all over the all over the the blankets here. <laughs> oh man, um, it's like the, there's weird. the The carpet is sort of mildewy and squishy. Like you don't want to walk on it in your bare. You don't want to walk on it. Period. But you mm-hmm. especially don't want to walk on it in your bare feet. There's big chunks like pulled out of the upholstery. Um, it's like it's like somebody like took a bite out of the corner of a of an armchair kind of thing. It's just it's weird. Um, so it's real negative vibe right you're feeling uneasy already before you've even started to get settled in as i start to get settled in though i am putting away my clothes that i packed for just these three days i open a drawer which (laughs) is sort of eye level with me like you got to keep in mind i'm a little kid at the time so I can kind of just barely see into and over this drawer that I just opened and uh, where I'm just going to put my like socks and underwear kind of thing. Well, um, I was hit with another foul odor immediately. Thought, oh, what can this be? To my surprise, it is what can only be described, Keith, as a shit souffle. <laughs> shit souffle. Um, there's no bearing the lead. It's, it's just like a, it's a coiled, a coiled up turd. Just like a, if you, you know, when you see a snake out in the wild, cold, oh, yeah. cold, that that's the Southern in me coming out cold up. Um, just looking back at me. And not only that, I say it's a souffle because it was, it was a, a decorative, um, coiled up turd because there were, 
little pieces of um, toilet paper that were torn up and, and sprinkled over it like a garnish or like a confetti. <laughs> Not only that, there were there were eggshells or uh, as if it had like hatched out of an egg. Or I'm not sure what the idea. It, it might have been a snake. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> it was certain. It was a turd snake. If it was a snake, because. <laughs> I know what a snake looks like, and I damn sure mm. know what a turd looks like. Good and uh, I'm pretty sure it was a human turd. I don't know. Mm. Like the way it was presented was it was pretty fresh, and I'm assuming someone squat down and just did. You know, you couldn't like. In other words, you couldn't scoop up animal feces and and have it be that quote unquote presentable mm -hmm. in the way that it was just chilling right there. Mm -hmm. for all to see and i was like well um just the icing on the cake right there and um you know the that's basically the story um i don't know how you can you can have a vacation worse than that um by definition but it is the reason why no matter how nice the accommodations of any place i am staying when i'm away for a trip First thing I do is open up all the drawers, all the drawers. If it smells clean and fresh, I don't care. I don't care if it's a Hilton. I don't care if it's a Hyde. I don't care if it's a Four Seasons. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the Waikiki King Suite Sheridan in Honolulu. I'm opening up all those drawers and checking. I don't blame you. It never happened to me again. It's only the one time that's happened. I don't blame you. Yeah. All right. Well, um, with that, I will move on to um, <clears throat> Tim. Have you ever farted in another person's face? <laughs> yes. Ah, nice. <laughs> Not purpose. I don't think I've ever done it purposely. No, nobody does it on purpose. No, I've probably done it. Per I've probably done it to my little cousin purposely. Okay. Like as again, as a kid, um, as an adult, I. As an adult, I don't think I've farted in anyone's face purposely. Good. That's what I but like to hear. I can't be an authority. There <laughs> may I can't look if it happened to someone, I will just say if someone was the victim of that, they would know better than I would. If they ah. said, Oh no, on such and such a date at this time, under these circumstances, you fully farted in my face blatantly, I'd be like, It sounds like you'd know that a lot better than I do. So <laughs> God bless. Yeah. All righty. And I would like to finish the questionnaire with the last question. Um, and that is, um, Tim, can I borrow some money? <laughs> no, but Good. you may have some money. If you ah. need money, if you need money, I mean, look, I'm not made of money, but if you're like, if someone came to me and was like, I need a loan, can you, can you spot me? We'll keep it within four figures, right? Mm -hmm. um, not four figures, as a ceiling. Wow. I'm not going to do the whole, well, we'll put you on a payment plan. You got to pay me back and we'll got to look at interest rate. No, like, I don't really believe in the loan thing. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. if you're at the point where you are, I think most people, that's a very hard thing to do to have to sure. ask someone for money. Yeah. So if you're in that position, I'm not going to, put you in the position of, well, now you got to pay me back. And, and it just prolongs this extremely awkward, purely transactional thing that just happened in our relationship. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of like, if I'm in a position 
and you you are at that point where you know you've had to make that hard choice to ask i'm i'm assuming i'm probably not the only person you're asking right <laughs> um I, I mean i don't know but maybe maybe so not my not my business honestly yes. but if it's like you know if i know that they're not i don't, I don't want to say i'm even policing what they're using it for but right. obviously if it's it's not like they have a a major substance abuse problem or something um then yeah like if it's going to better if it's obviously going to better their life and get them in a place where um they're on more solid financial footing and can move on to bigger and better things then you may have i'm gifting you this money hmm. don't worry about it we're not doing the loan thing well you are a you are a wonderful man and a quality human being let me put it that way i, just, um, I don't believe in like you know there's no, friends I, and then there's lenders, right? I, like, I mean, I, well, I, let's put it this way. I've had people ask me in the past if for money. Uh-huh. And my answer is always, listen, I'll give you this money, but just pay me back when you can, if you can. If and you I, can. If you can. Sure. And, sure. I mean, that might be the last time I give somebody money if they never give it back yeah, to me. I mean, but I mean, it also depends on how significant it is. I mean, like you said, if it's like it a- does, it, it depends on a lot. It's how much is it? Am yeah. I even in a position to? Because the answer right. might be no. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. Sure. I, I wish I could. Yeah. But, but if I, I guess, have the I money, can't. if I'm able to, but it, it, and, we're, and we're talking like enough uh, four digits, you're very generous in that. I would to like just let that be. I mean, I would say like anything under couple hundred bucks i would probably say like yeah you can just whatever yeah. i don't care you know but if it's somebody's asking me for like 500 bucks i'm gonna be like yeah you're gonna have to get that back to me at some point because i know you think i'm rich but i'm not rich <laughs> yeah well i mean neither one of us is rich <laughs> even though i might have, have to kids. be like look i can't just i can't just um cut you a check right now but yeah. um let me let me move some things around and see yeah, yeah. where i'm at and kind of like um but yeah like depending on that amount it does get trickier but i mean mm-hmm. i guess you do have to establish a cutoff and you also have to just look at you know what's my relationship with this person um, right right you know friends family that's one thing but like are they are in a, are they in a weird place where they're are they trying to pay their bills or are they trying to pay off their gambling debts or well, you know, you know, I mean, financing I, an addiction, right? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess financing an addiction would be the only time I would say yeah, I can't. And that's yeah. financing an active addiction. Right. But if it's exactly. like, but if somebody came out to me and was like, listen, I'm in trouble, you know, I got to pay a bookie or I got like a drug dealer that's after Yeah, I guess that's cash, a little bit different too. I would yeah. say whatever, that's fine. Um, and obviously if somebody's like, I can't make my rent this month, can you help me out? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just paid all my rent and now I don't have money for you know, groceries or whatever. Yeah. I would help somebody out because, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of believe in the pay it forward and, you know, you put something out into the ether and hopefully positivity comes back to you and stuff. So, you know, and again, it's just someone who is like just chronically financially irresponsible. Then exactly. That's another thing that would give me pause, but yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, just trying not to be too judgmental about it. Trying not to hold everybody it's oh, kind of laid low by yeah. life sometimes. Everybody, yeah. Point, uh, life, life is the hardest battle for everybody. So why I don't want to kick anybody while they're down, you know? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, that uh, concludes the Q&A portion. And with that, um, I would say that this might be a wrap for A La Carte with Keith, the episode one. So, Tim, oh, wow. thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, I am forever in your debt that you helped me out. Is there anything that you would like to plug? I mean, I did say that you were on. Once again, I will say Tim is on Traders of the Lost Ark on the Place yep. to Be Nation pop feed. He's also on Talking WCW and PTB PTB NXT on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed. And yep. also um, on its own individual feed, I believe you said, was the 9021 North NOSO. So that's um, right. Is, is there it. anything else that you'd like to plug that you're doing or? I think you covered it. Other than I, I will say uh, 9021 NOSO, that drops about every three weeks. And that's mm-hmm. myself and JT and a guest. So. If you if you're a fan of the original Beverly Hills 90210 uh, and you'd like to be a guest on that podcast, um, just hit us up. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I am at Psych Six Eight C Y K E Six Eight on Twitter. So slide into them DMs if you feel like it. Um, if you're interested in being a guest on that show or just want to shoot the breeze, um, PTB NXT. And talking WCW, those are monthly uh, podcasts uh, on Place Nation Wrestling, as you said, Keith. So look for episodes of those approximately once a month. They tend to drop. Um, I don't know the way we have it here lately. They they tend to hit within a couple days of each other. And uh, Traders of the Lost Arcs is more so when we can do it. We try to keep it monthly, but I would call that a monthly ish podcast. They're talking some old comics. On Place B Nation, pop. One of my all-time favorite things to do. I can't believe we didn't talk some comics already here, Keith. Yeah, that'll have to be... I'll have to have you back on. We'll have to talk comics. Perhaps so. That'll just Perhaps be... A, so. That'll be the own... That'll be its own show, believe it or not. So. Oh my gosh, it but could that, be. Yeah, so we'll have to come up with uh, some interesting... Maybe some some things. Yeah, we'll just sit and talk about, you know, the... the we'll talk about... Uh, the, the plot holes in Marvel Comics, or... Perhaps we'll oh. talk about the retcon of... Uh, Wolverine one day. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. We'll try to yeah. figure that out, but uh, excellent. Most and famous retcons in Marvel history. Yeah. Exactly. I would say what him, uh, Gene gray, Gene Phoenix. Um, yeah. Probably like, I don't know, maybe um, Bucky. I mean, honestly, yeah. Bucky, Bucky's uh, up there. Captain America and his, Captain his entire, yeah. Like people forget there are Captain America comics in the fifties where he was fighting commies that we just decided, Nope, that was another guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the fact that the fact that Tony Stark created his armor in every major American war since Vietnam. Yes. They keep moving. Yeah. They keep moving the date. Yeah. He was was uh, changing the war. Yeah. And it was the first Persian Gulf. (laughs) Then it was Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure at one point he was in a cave in Somalia when, uh, Black Hawk Down was going was taking place during the uh, yeah. Clinton administration. So, yeah. Um, excellent. Well, and you can always catch me on Twitter at FlounderA24. And um, I'm always on um, GFA Live with my good friend, my very dear, close personal, longtime friend, Peter Winson. And that is, uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and also, I am all over the Place to Be Nation pop feed with the video jukebox song of the day. So that's a great little 
uh, morning podcast to listen to. It's usually, you know, somewhere between five to seven, eight minutes where we talk about uh, just a, a music video and we talk about the song. And I like to give some song facts and things that are interesting, like the charting of the song and whatever. So check that out. That's every day. It drops every day, Monday through Friday. And also on the North-South Connection, uh, you can hear me on the Multiverse of Fabulousness with uh, my good friend uh, Johnny C. And, uh, eh, you know, I tend to pop in on Have You Heard About Pluto and other things, too. So just check it out. And uh, thank you again so much, Tim, for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And uh, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.